Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and day M 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Harmony Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker. Jeannie Wiley's not with us today. She's not feeling too good. But by the way, we went from like a packed house where we did not have enough chairs for everyone to the fearsome foursome. How are we doing today? I haven't watched a ton of baseball this season, but... My goodness, what a comeback by the Dodgers yesterday. It That is the type of win to like galvanize a team. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but I really think that that's going to get them. I mean, they're already going, but get yeah. them going even more. I mean, the Dodgers are just never going to let Tony Gonsolin lose. <laughs> that's the goal, right? Yeah, and the Angels won. Wow. Yeah, they're one win a week. They, they got it. Otani was, was on the mound. Yeah, you know? it, was, uh, it was an incredible comeback for them as uh, – we go into the all-star break. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Buckets. All right, speaking of the Dodgers, they have won eight of nine games and have... Ch- and have char- and they charged back last night from a late 6-0 deficit with seven runs over the final three innings. The late rally took unbeaten All-Star Tony Gonsolin off the hook for what would have been his first loss of the season after an ineffective start. The tenacity of this team is really starting to take form as it seems as if the Dodgers are never truly out of a game. What are your thoughts on this team's outlook going into the All-Star break? To give you some context of how big that was, you buckets texted me about the game, so I, I I had no idea that you were watching. It was probably the first time you texted me about yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah. You just texted the Dodgers, and I'm like, I know what an amazing comeback win. We talked about it that that this team, um, I forgot, Jake, if it was 2018 or whatever, like the year where like you did not think that they could lose, like even if they're down two, three, or four, a comeback win like this, this is I mean to go into the break, to go into the break, waiting, um, you know that kind of a game you go on the road you you win in st louis huge for this team and i have that same feeling about them that no matter what the obstacle six nothing though what an incredible comeback win yeah i mean if you would have told me in in uh like april when the season was starting that around now we'd be starting trace thompson jake slam and getting you know valuable innings out of the bullpen from yency almonte and evan phillips i would have told you that this team was not not in great shape, but you know, even with Walker Buehler going down and Kershaw goes down earlier in the year, Muncie and Bellinger can't hit to save their lives. Yeah. I mean, they're 57 and 30 at the top of the National League, where they seem to be at this time every single year. They yeah. just haven't skipped a beat. You know, they're getting career years from Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson. 
um and and they just seem like as you said the offense is starting to find that identity where they're never out of a game it's just i feel like they're hitting their stride at the perfect time um it's just a matter of keeping it going uh getting the right pieces at the deadline and that you know keeping it rolling I know. I know. Yesterday, I said that I don't think the Dodgers need to make a move at the deadline, and I stand by it. Yeah. I really think they're set. They have a 151 plus run differential, first in the National League, a little bit behind the Yankees. They're 57 and 30. They're going to win the division. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Um, although we got to understand that Tatis is going to come back soon for San Diego, so that's obviously going to be a spark to them. And Manea hasn't even pitched well for San Diego either, really, as of late. So they're going to get better. San Francisco will get better. So we'll see. But I still think the Dodgers are going to win the division. It's just an amazing thing how they came back. I mean, they're down 6 nothing. That's hard. And Max Muncy, the worst hitter in the lineup, four walks <laughs> and a sack fly. I mean, he was 0-for-0 zero zero with four walks. I guess that's one thing he does. He'll have 150 Gotta average. Get on base, yeah. But his OBP will be like 310 or 320, some ridiculous like that. So... Hats off to them. They're a great baseball team. They're showing their tenacity day in and day out. Yeah, I, I was like, obviously have not been keeping tabs on baseball as much as I would like. But this this Dodger team, the thing that stands out to me is what you mentioned. A guy like Max Muncy is struggling, but he can take four walks. A guy like Justin Turner is struggling, but he has the leadoff double in the ninth that sets things up for their, for their eventual comeback. And then... The other thing that stands out about this team is that everybody can contribute at yeah. any given time. The uh, Trace Thompson struck out with an out in the ninth and a man on third, which you should not do. The next guy comes up and it's Hanser Alberto and he gets a two out base hit to give you the lead. This is a type of team that it seems like anybody on any given night can have the big hit, the big at bat. They don't need it to be Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. They can have it be Alberto on any given night. And that reminds yeah. me of the teams that they had a couple years ago when they had guys step up at any given time. Yeah, no, I just said Muncie and Bellinger are struggling. Yeah. And Muncie, four walks in a you know um, big sack fly last night. Bellinger had the, what should have been the game-tying single before Austin Barnes yeah. tripped and barely made it back yeah. to third. What a catastrophe that would have been. Um, but yeah, everyone, you don't know who it's going to be, but it can be everyone, which I think is your point. I, I, um, and it just speaks to the depth of this team. Um, where injuries don't kill them because it's just, you know, the next guy up. It seems like they have a guy every year, whether it's Chris Taylor one year in 2017, whether it was Ross Stripling in 18 or 19, whatever it was, that just you don't expect to have yeah. that insane year that just comes out and is, your, like, your big guy. Like, I guess it's Gonsolin this year. Um, it, they just find a way to find that diamond in the rough every single year. And I... And the thing that, that I have to plug is Jake is now the newest staff writer for True Blue, and so his first story, if you could tell us how that went, because you pretty much thought that you were done, six to nothing, here's the lead, here's what's happening, what's going on with the team, and then the comeback, which, so as the fan in you is super pumped about it, but you trying to get your job done is like, oh boy. Yeah, so. Highlight, delete. Yeah, so <laughs> last night, last night was my first, the first game recap that I've written for, for True Blue LA, and I literally had the entire thing done by the end of like mid of the middle of the eighth inning yeah. i think i think i started as no one's perfect like for the first <laughs> time all season tony gonsolin suffers defeat dodgers lose to the cardinals six to five yeah and then they just start coming back back and i just select all yeah <laughs> and you know as as a journal i guess journalist you want to say as a job it sucks because you have to yeah. rewrite the entire thing when you feel like you were done you're like put your feet up for the last couple innings um but I mean, I'd rather it be that way. At delete a story about them losing and write one about an incredible comeback yeah. than them blow a lead and have to just 
you know, write a terrible article. You, you talk to like old school journalists about the Kirk Gibson yeah. home run. It's like they, they were done with that story. You know, the Dodgers lose game one and then Kirk Gibson limps up. Hits the walk-off home run. Yeah, I've so. talked. I've talked to people who were covering that 18-inning <laughs> World Series game. And oh, like, right. I had five different articles written yeah. at different points throughout that game. Uh, moving on to the other team in in the Southern California area, Shohei Otani won his sixth straight start by striking out 12 in six innings and also hit a two-run triple in the Angels' seven to one victory over the Houston Astros on Wednesday night. Over his last six starts, Otani has allowed only three runs. Two earned and 20 hits in 39 and two-thirds innings with 58 strikeouts and 11 walks. The right-hander is 9-4 with a 2.38 ERA in 15 starts this season. Does Otani deserve to win the AL MVP again despite the Angels not being good record-wise? Of course he does. I mean, this is a really incredible thing where the best player so clearly is on one of these really bad teams. Not the worst team, but just a really bad team. As Brandon touched on it, the they got their one win of the week, and it's. I mean, he he needs help. And the fact of the matter is, if I'm Otani, I'm I'm depressed. I'm I'm doing my job. He's a pro's pro, but like at some point, it's frustrating to go into work and saying, "What more do I have to do?" Like I can only pitch once a week. I can only do so much. And he's just on a team that can't find a way to win. 100%. I mean, we have to remember, too, like, Shohei Otani will want to be an angel if the angels start winning because he chose the angels over the Dodgers mm. over because he wanted to be a little bit away from the spotlight. That was the whole thing when he came to the MLB. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. But, yes, 100%, he's the MVP. I don't think it's any close. I know it sets a bad precedent, like, okay, this guy pitches and hits. It's unfair. He'll win the MVP the next 10 seasons. We've also never seen anything like this. This is the most talented baseball player to ever grace the earth and it's not close probably the best athlete in the world right now and you know he yes he plays for a bad team but look at this i mean nolan ryan and him are the only pitchers uh with four straight games of 10 plus k's i mean no one can hit the guy they win every game that he plays and i know his hitting is a bit declined this year than last year but he goes in streaks yeah. you know but the combination of what he brings both pitching and hitting it's not close to me i think he should be the unanimous mvp again if the if the angels don't have him they have 20 wins versus like 39 right so yeah. i mean baseball's not a sport where i hate when everyone's like you know the casual fans are like oh man the team's uh, aaron judge deserves it because the yankees are winning well the yankees have the best roster in the mlb right yeah. like basketball is it, baseball is different than basketball where if you have two superstars you can make the finals baseball you need a good team you need a full team to make the World Series, right? I mean, we saw that with the Braves last year. They suffered a, a Cunha injury, went out and got Eddie Rosario and other pieces, Jorge Soler, and they won the World Series because they had a good team. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just ridiculous that people are still hating on Shohei Otani just because he's on the Angels. I mean, yes, the Angels have a ton of work to do, but I, I actually think he'll stay if they can find a way this offseason to entice him to sign an extension. I've been very big on the All Rise Aaron Judge MVP campaign all year. <laughs> um, he is, you know, having a career year, 30 home runs, 65 RBIs at the break on a team that's 60, uh, 62 and 26. Um, but what you can't deny what Otani's doing, yeah. and I do, I do agree with Brandon. I don't love the precedent that it sets, but he's right. We've never seen anything yep. like this before. I mean, he's doing 
things at elite levels in different aspects of the game that, that I said yesterday, I said this yesterday also, people commit their entire lives to trying to be as good at one part of the game that yeah. he is at both. Yep. Um, you just don't see that, you've never seen this. And I don't think we'll ever see it again because it's, I mean, we'll see two-way players. I think we'll see that more and more as time goes on, but I don't know if we'll see anyone as, at this caliber. I mean, he's a Cy Young candidate. If he didn't hit, he'd be a Cy Young candidate. If he didn't pitch, he'd be an MVP candidate it's just incredible. on his bat alone. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So I know we've discussed this already, but do you guys realistically, what do you expect to happen at the trade deadline? For who? For the or Angels? For the Angels there have to be sellers. There, there's no way they make the playoffs. They're still 11 games under. The Astros are, what, 20 games over almost? I mean, About, it's like like yeah. 18 games over. There's no way they catch them. The Mariners are on a run. Blue Jays are on a run. I mean, it's like, I mean, after firing their manager, they just kicked the, you know, what out of the Phillies. So, I mean, they have to sell Iglesias. They have to sell Cindergard. They have to, you know, Cindergard's on an expiring. Someone might want to bolster their rotation and get him. Iglesias is locked up for four years, and he's one of the best closers in the league, even though he hasn't had a good season. Right, so you get rid of him, you get rid of Lorenzen. I don't know. Also, like, what's wrong with the Angels organization? They had Adele in the minors for like three months. He had three home runs in three days. Comes up two hits yesterday. How does how does the farm system look? Terrible. Oh. It's atrocious. <laughs> I mean, they don't know how to develop players. Why do you think they take college pitchers every single draft they get? Oh, that's incredible. I mean, I mean, it's true. It's pick. true. Like, shit. I mean, I'd love to pitch for the Angels, right? Yeah. I'd sign for zero dollars. You'd get a guy who throws maybe in the low nineties can help you pitch. Yeah. But like, at the end of the day, they can't. They haven't shown the ability to develop pitchers yet or hitters in the minor league system. Like Joe Adele should be one of the best players in the MLB at this point, in my opinion. When he was drafted out of high school, he had the raw tools like Byron Buxton to be the next type Willie Mays type guy. And they didn't do it. They don't know how to do it. Maybe Minshian is Minashian is working on that to develop it. But I mean, we just don't know at this point. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I on the Joe Adele front, I think. I think it's kind of similar to a Gavin Lux type of thing where they came up so early in their careers. I mean, Joe Dell's just turned 23. Like, he's so young and his yep. all the time in the world. But he did. He came up so early and his name has been in the mix for so long where it feels like it's taken him a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Where in reality, it's just the guy's 23. Um, but yeah, the Astros are 27 games over 500. The Mariners have won, what, 10 in a row? Yeah. Um, which yeah. doesn't help the Angels case at all. They're now in fourth place behind the Rangers as well. Um, I think they ha- I mean they have to be sellers. So Iglesias, mm-hmm. as you said, gone. Cindergard probably gone if someone wants to take a flyer there. I could see Cindergard going into like a contender's bullpen and being like an eighth inning guy because I don't I don't think he's gonna start games. I don't I don't think his ego will allow that to happen. I mean, does he have a choice? If someone trades for him and says you're going to the pen, I don't know if he has much of a choice. I don't know, but, he's a pretty interesting guy. True. Um they should trade Otani. I don't think they will. But I think they should. I think his. I think you can make the argument that Otani's value is at an all-time high at this current moment in time, um, given what he's done with his last four starts on the mound. Um, and, and they're not mm-hmm. winning anything. They have to replenish the farm system in some Otani, way. Bro. But I think that's a conversation that they have to have, where he's like, listen, like ideally, like I would love to stay here, but I can't if this is going to continue to happen. So I think he's going to put them in a position where can you... Like, I'm not going to walk and leave you with nothing. I'm going to tell you, if we don't win and you don't trade me, like, I'm gone. I'm sure they're having those conversations. Exactly. The issue I have here is you say you want to trade Joey Otani. I'd rather trade Trout, who's under team control for, like, 10 more years. Otani's value isn't as high as you think, dude. He only, He's going to be free agent in 15 months. Unless you got to get that commitment, though, from Otani. Exactly. I, I am for sure coming back. 
But I don't know if trading trouts could gonna help you. But the thing is, it. this is the angels, like this is their org. For the next 100 years, everyone will remember how bad they were, mm -hmm. in the, but Otani oh, oh, will be. So you have to keep him for the next 15 sure. months and have that show and sell those tickets. Trout, on the other hand, is possibly declining. 268, worst streaks of his career. I know he's hitting home runs, but maybe get a new hitting coach. The Angels hitting coach is atrocious, yeah. atrocious. So I would just keep Otani and try and trade Trout. Well, uh, switching topics to the NFL, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson and former Ravens safety Bernard Pollard got into a verbal war of words on Twitter yesterday with Jackson saying, quote, I had to Google you, little brah. I never heard of you until I seen you keep dissing like you as a Hall of Famer, but you far from it. We've seen this from other athletes such as John Morant and Kevin Durant who take to Twitter to defend themselves. Do you like when athletes do this? It makes no sense. I mean, why is Lamar Jackson putting himself in a position where he's in a Twitter war of words with like, like at the very least, I will say this is a former player. Katie goes at it with like trolls with like 10 followers. I mean, it makes zero sense. I get that you, but listen, KD, like you have a company, you're like a VC, like you, you do stuff like, like you're one of the top five players on the court. You got a company and you're, you're doing so much. I mean, why are you searching your name on Twitter? It makes no sense to me. I mean, I don't necessarily hate it, <laughs> but I don't love the fact that he's going at another guy who's like a Baltimore Raven. Like, yeah. Alisa was on the show yesterday. And I don't know about, whether they were there at the same time, but yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it's the same team. Alisa yesterday was talking about like the Dodgers organization. I know it's different, but like being a, a fraternity in a way. And I feel yeah, like sports yeah. organizations try and do that where they like bring guys back for like alumni days and all this stuff, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't love him going at a guy of, of his organization. I know they're probably not there at the same time. Yeah. Um, but it, it just sends it just sends a bad bad message to me. I love listening to you read that quote, by the way. That was, <laughs> that was, that was great. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. I, I I'm just gonna echo what Jake said. I I don't like this considering it's his teammate. Um, no, but. so apparently this guy played with the Ravens 2011 to 2012. So we're talking about like a little over oh, 10 so he's years not with ago. Him now. No. Oh, no, okay, no. okay. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's. I don't mind it then. Yeah. I mean, Lamar's the franchise. I'd be mad. If, I'd leave the Ravens if I'm Lamar. I know that's like yeah. a wild take, but they don't do anything to help that guy. The offense is anemic. Greg Roman needs to stop living in the Roman days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, sorry for the dad joke, but you know what I mean? He needs to adapt to the current NFL. It seems like, you know, this is becoming a, tr a trend among athletes. Before, it was like, don't say anything to anybody. Yeah. And now it's like, if somebody insults you, just go right at them. John Morant's been doing this the whole uh, postseason he was doing it. And the thing is, is this different? There was a there was a video of Clay Thompson yesterday. I don't remember what he was. He was basically saying, if you're an analyst or an expert that picked against us, like keep that same energy type of thing. Is that different when they say it verbally versus behind the keyboard? Because to me, it seems like I don't know. It's it seems to me and also it's a little different. A champion, so. Well, yeah, not only that. I mean, he's like a mom. A was it four time now? Three or four? I mean, four. you've four. won it enough times where, like, really, like, so we didn't pick you. Like, you're a four-time champion. Yeah. Who cares about Joe Schmo who works for, you know. But um, Twitter is different. I view it because, like, it's there. And so, like, if you say something, like, on a podcast and it's there for a second and gone, you could have clutch points, you know, transcribe that. But 
to go on Twitter, it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you searching what a guy who retired 10 years ago thinks about you? And what, why do you care? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like, prior to all of his his uh, off-the-court the issues, my, if you went on Miles Bridges' t- uh, Twitter before, before free agency started, if you went to his liked tweets, it was just him liking people's tweets saying he didn't deserve a max contract. And they weren't things yeah. he were tagged in. It was just his name was in them and he wouldn't respond to them at all. He would just like them, which I feel like is different also, right? Like if, if you say something bad about an athlete on, on Twitter and he just likes your tweet, like if that would almost like confuse, like, I don't know. I'd be like intimidated by that in a way. Like, like how did, like, I don't know if he's taking that, yeah. you know, it's weird. It's different than him just being like, you know, now what real quick, what would you guys do? Like if, if someone that you saw was coming at you on Twitter and you had like five million followers, you're one of the best players, but like would you even care? Like like obviously this affects KD, and I'll use KD as the example because he's a top five player who really why do you care what some troll I, says? I would like to say I wouldn't care. I, I don't know unless <laughs> I was in their shoes. There was a uh, Josh Christopher of the Rockets summer yeah. league team really quickly. He was um, he was going back and forth about guys criticizing criticizing his summer league play. So crazy! It's like, why you're you're on the big stage? Just let it let it go. And by the way, real quick before we go to break, I cannot believe they have a summer league championship ring. It's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever seen. Participation. Let's right. <laughs> let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton. When we return right here on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and and, uh, AM 760 um, in Hawaii. Just as, a, just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Hey, feeling good, feeling great. How are you? I am good, Nick. What is this week like uh, for you? You're, you're, you're doing sports. You're doing red carpets. We got the ESPYs. We've got the All Star Week. What is this week like for you? Very gridlock. <laughs> I mean, LA is going to be on fire, man. From uh, pretty much the day uh, where we have the media preview for Play Bark 
play ball uh, ballpark at the LA uh, Convention Center as well as LA Live. Um, and you have a, a plethora of events uh, going on in Compton uh, where the MLB Youth Academy will be having events and get an opportunity to see young people that come from black and brown communities have an opportunity to play this great game of baseball um, and hopefully get more exposure um, as we move forward. So a lot of events going on. Um, I'll be back and forth from Dodger Stadium, obviously. Arash, I know you you already got a front row seat with wine go. in hand. So <laughs> I already know. But, and, you know, Saturday also, too, beyond MLB, uh, there's a music and media event at Lamarck Park. Um, so people can come out to that and witness a lot of great talent, a lot of great artistry uh, from the music side, learn about the music industry. DJ Battlecat is going to be out there. You know, the world-famous DJ Battlecat. Uh, producer extraordinaire be out there. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of plethora of events leading into the SBs. And then, obviously, uh, next week it'll be uh, in San Diego's Comic-Con, which returns for the first time in a couple of years, allowing people to, to, uh, to really be out and about and really experience Comic-Con for what it is. That's something that I have to do. I've never done that, guys. I've never done. I mean, I think I just want to go people watch there, not so much maybe to cover, <laughs> just to sit out there with my wine, front row perch at the hotel and just look at all those people in their different uh, c- costumes and things like that. Uh, Nick, the Dodgers going into the break extremely well. It, the, 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 they're not quite at the break right now, but a great comeback win against the Cardinals. Tony Gonsolin can't lose. Your thoughts on this team? Hey, but you know what? The Dodgers have found, I found rather, a will to win. Yeah. Uh, when they were their backs were against the wall due to injury, when they lost Mookie Betts with a cracked rib for a while, other guys stepped up. Will Smith, uh, you know Freddie Freeman, um, you know guys that you know Justin Turner, guys have found a way to win, and that's truly a team effort. And that's how you know this team is really a collective. They're not playing at like a bunch of individuals with the same name across the front of their chest, but they actually playing like a real team. Um, and that's been, the, to me, that's been their, their benefit. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has looked well in the last couple of starts. Um, you know, he's been voted, obviously, to the All-Star game. Obviously, Tony Gonson, who's been absolutely phenomenal consistently throughout the season. And as we saw the other night, uh, just continues to flame down batters one by one. Um, and then also, too, you look at just what the production, the offensive production uh, has been. Um, with Mookie Betts, with, with Freddie Freeman, with, with guys like Justin Turner, Will Smith, who was a was I will say is a uh, MLB All Star snub. But there's no reason why Will Smith should not be on that All Star. Yeah. He's been one of the most consistent guys on the Dodgers, and has come and has come through and has contributed significantly. Um, and hopefully, when the commissioner, if he hasn't already named uh, a replacement for Bryce Harper, who's injured, it better be Will Smith. Um, or to be absolute travesty, because that that man has put in enormous amounts of work in the off season. You saw what he was doing in spring training, and now that's carried over into the regular season. It's really been a, a benefit for the Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers continue to roll, man. They find ways to win, even when you got them. You feel like you got you know your foot on their neck. They find a way to get your foot off their neck and get back into contention and, and get back in the ball game. But we saw that yesterday against the Cardinals. Um, so this is a very resilient team, and I think if that can continue to carry over past the All-Star break into the second half of the season and down the stretch for the playoffs, I think it's going to be a very formidable team. I think they're going to have some opposition. Obviously, we know about the New York Mets. Um, they could be facing either the Padres or 
Milwaukee or some team like that in the first round, but obviously the Mets are going to be a team that's going to be an opponent of theirs more than likely in the NLCS. Um, if they get past the Mets, I think they have a great chance at, at capturing another World Series title, but there's a team with pinstripes. If they can continue their role, they've been magnificent throughout the entire season, at least the first half of the season. If they continue to keep up that role, it's going to be very difficult to try to get a championship against the Bronx Bombers. But until then, as of right now, I think the Dodgers have done a phenomenal job um, just making sure they have, they're have they hitting with runners in scoring position. They're able to play solid defense, and they're not giving up on plays. Um, when they make mistakes, they figure it out. They make adjustments. Um, I don't hear the criticism of Dave Roberts so much as yeah. I did in the, in the, far, in the, in the slump the slump area when the Dodgers were losing those games, you know, and that's, that's just a testament to his managerial skills along with his bench coaches and things of that nature. So I think the Dodgers would be all right, man, as long as they stay healthy. That has got to be the key. They've got to be healthy. They've got to start getting guys back. We don't know about Blake Trinan. Um, hopefully they can get him back sometime in August. Um, Dustin May uh, has, has, work, has been working. I know he's, still, he's thrown some simulated innings. Uh, hopefully they can get Dustin May back into the fold. Um, I do think they do need, they, they, they need to make a trade. So I do think I think Luis Luis Castillo would be a, a, a great addition uh, to this team as far as having another arm. Um, but other than that, they have to stay healthy, man. These guys have got to stay healthy. They have to stay consistent, and I think that they can go. They can make a very deep playoff run. Nick, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, yesterday the MLB announced that Garrett Cooper of the Miami Marlins will be replacing Bryce Harper uh, in the All-Star game, which Stupid. which I agree, Will Smith not being there is a travesty. But you did mention a lot of different All-Star game events. One of my favorites is the Home Run Derby. Um, they have announced seven of the eight participants, including two-time defending champion Pete Alonso. Um, there's no Dodger in the field. Usually there's a hometown guy. Um, if they were to add a Dodger as the eighth participant, who would you like to see on a, on Monday night? You know what? I wouldn't want to see anybody. Because <laughs> I know what the home, and, and I say that respectfully because I don't want anybody's swing to be messed up. We've always heard stories about guys having to readjust their swing because they have to prepare for the home run derby and then they have to decompress and then getting ready for the second half of the season. And it takes them a while to get their swing back into the way they, they, they designed it to be. And so I don't want anything messing up any chemistry when it comes to the Dodgers. Um, so I'm, I'm perfectly fine with where, where they are. Um, if you want Mookie Best to come out here and wave his hat around to address the crowd, that's fine. I'm all <laughs> for that. But other than that, I don't need any Dodgers in the home run derby. Good luck to all the participants. I hope we get a, a really solid uh, inter, you know, entertaining home run derby. And I think we will. You, you mentioned Pete Alonso. Obviously, uh, uh, Albert Pujols will be in the derby um, and, you know, several other contestants. So I think it's going to be a fun time. Man. It's L.A. The weather's going to be a phenomenal. Um, people love to come to L.A. And hopefully we'll have concession workers. Uh, yeah, seriously. We all during, the, during this, this time at Dodger Stadium. Um and uh, hopefully it, it'll be another great MLB All-Star, All-Star weekend, weekend uh, when it comes to this great game. Hey, Nick, uh, it's Brandon here. I wanted to ask you about Shohei Otani. We discussed this in the first segment that he's on a historic run. We think he should be the AL MVP despite the Angels' struggles. Do you think that the Angels need to trade either Otani, Trout, or both, or neither? What are your thoughts here with them being 11 games under going into the break? Well, here's the problem. You're never going to get true value for what you trade for. So what are you trading for? Are you trading for the future? 
Are you are you in, are you going to have a fire sale to rebuild? Much like we see in those years where the Florida Marlins or now the Miami Marlins have gone through their fire sales and tried to get rid of players to build for the future. If you're if you're going to build for the future, and yeah, understand this is what it's going to be. I would hope if you do try to train Otani or Mike Trout, you train them to a contender because that's what they deserve. Uh, the, these two individuals are way too talented to be start, stuck on this sorry-ass team um, and this poorly ran organization. Uh, we all know it, whether you want to say it or not, I'll say it. It's a poorly ran organization. It's a travesty to have one of the, arguably one of the, the best generational hitters of our time and space and Mike Trout to be stuck on, on such hot garbage uh, known as the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim is absolutely absurd to me. Uh, same thing with Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani has come off surgery. Um, he's he's battled through. He's battled back, and like you said, he's on he's on a tear to be arguably one of the best players in the game. And yeah, he could be in. The, he definitely should be in the MVP conversation as far as the American League is concerned. If you're going to trade either of these two individuals, one trade them to a contender, and two, what are you trading for? What areas do you need to to to, to fill? if you're going to trade these individuals because you're going to get a lot of things back for them. Um, and what team is willing to take on these contracts? Obviously, Shohei Otani doesn't have as hefty of a contract as Mike Trout has. Um, so it may be a little easier for you to trade Shohei Otani because of the contractual issues um, versus trading Mike Trout who has a very loaded contract. Um, yeah. Much like how we've seen with Bryce Harper, much like how we've seen uh, you know, with, with other guys. So where are they going to go? Um, is the question of what team's going to take on that salary. If, if there's not a team that can really take on those hefty salaries, then they're going to be unfortunately stuck in Anaheim. At least Shohei Otani is a light at the end of the tunnel because he will become a free agent at some point. Um, so he can de- definitely go through the free agency period and find a team that may be more suitable for him. But as it pertains to Mike Trout, he's going to have to definitely demand a trade. At least his people are going to have to demand a trade um, to get him up out of that rut uh, known as Anaheim. For sure, Nick. And I wanted to bring this up as well because Arash, Jake, and Armand and I discussed this throughout the last couple of weeks, the Kyrie Irving situation. I know you think the Lakers, there's no hope for them. But as a G- if you were the GM of the Lakers, if you were Rob Palenka right now, do you agree with the reluctance to include those two first-round picks for a guy that really only wants to play for the Lakers? Because I certainly agree with not giving up two firsts. I would only give up one. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Uh, I would only give up one, but at the same time, if I was Rob Palenka, number one, I would have never gotten Russell Westbrook to start to start to start off with. That was the biggest mistake and the worst trade in in, in Laker history. Um, but I don't think they're going to get Kyrie Irving. I think I have to listen. Shout out to my man Brandon Robinson on the Scoop B. Uh, I have to agree with him. I would not be surprised if you see both Kyrie and KD in a Nets uniform come opening night of the season. Um, because I just think that, that it's just a whole lot going on. I think they may have been trying to test the water to see what the market would be for both of those individuals, Kyrie and KD. But specifically about Kyrie is the fact that yeah, that's, that's a lot to give up for a guy that doesn't play an entire season that takes games off for various reasons and hasn't played a complete season in probably, what, two or three years? Um, that's a lot to give up and a lot of expectations, especially when you have an aging, great player like LeBron James on your team and a guy named Street Clothes, better known as Anthony Davis, who, mm-hmm. who has yet to play a full season since 2016 um, when he was a member of the New Orleans Pelicans. So I think there's a lot to ask. I think 
Um, when you want to give up two future first round picks, I understand giving up one future first round pick, even if it was a 2029 pick, because that's so far away. That could be a very low first rounder, depending on how the Lakers may finish and what the, the details of that pick may be. Um, but to give up two for the future, I mean, you mortgage the future for Anthony Davis. Yeah, you got a championship out of it in the bubble, but you haven't been able to see anything or remnants of that since that bubble championship. So it's a lot to mortgage the farm for when you haven't really got a whole lot to look at and, and to really look back on and say, okay, hey, we're going to mortgage the farm for this guy who may not produce another NBA championship for your franchise. 100%, Nick. Uh, just to add on to that, I wanted to ask, as of right now, the Lakers have a bunch of guys on the team that shot like 35% or less from the field, pretty much. Only two guys over 35%, and they're both at 36%, right? So what I'm going to ask here is presently constructed, and I doubt they stand with this roster going into the season, but I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, because who are they going to get? No one wants Westbrook. So I'm going to ask here right now, does this team not win as many games as last year? Could they win less? Is it very possible with this presently constructed roster with Russell Westbrook on the roster? It's absolutely possible. Um, but I think also, too, we have to factor in the, the lack of health um, as it pertains to what happened or what transpired last year. I mean, there were a lot of injuries, obviously. There were a lot of things. There were a lot of factors going on. Lack of chemistry. Guys who were, you know, getting injured. Guys were... You know, bickering at times. You could see the frustration. The fans were frustrated. Um, so there was a lot of factors involved. So they may win the same amount of games. They may win, maybe win four or five more games if they happen to stay healthy. Um, but there are a lot more. There are a lot better teams in the Western Conference um, that are actually going to be very, very competitive. And I don't know if the Lakers have the personnel to seriously compete. Um, strongly in the Western Conference as it pertains to getting a playoff berth or even surviving past the first round. Um, so that remains to be seen. I won't cast any aspersions on this season just yet uh, because we have to see how the rosters finally shake out. Um, but I'm hoping next month that the Lakers don't extend LeBron James because I think that would be uh, hustling backwards. If you sign another two-year deal for a 20-year-old, 20-year veteran, a guy who's breaking down, who's aging, and you're trying to rebuild, and you're trying to move towards, you know, pretty much rebuilding and, and moving towards building a championship contender team. Um, because, I, like I said before, I think this team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis um, are done winning championships for a while. I don't see the Lakers winning another championship for another five or six years because I think it's going to take that long, especially when you're stuck with Anthony Davis, to try to acquire another star to pair up with him and then build the roster out from there to be able to be a serious contender in the Western Conference. Especially you have teams like the Golden State Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, teams of that, that of that nature that are able to really be significantly stronger and have a better and deeper roster um, starters as well as, as the bench. Nick, another big name that's been floating on the NBA trade market is Donovan Mitchell. And according to The Athletic, the Utah Jazz and the New York Knicks are engaged in talks on a on a big blockbuster deal. Um, if you're the Utah Jazz, what does an ideal package from the Knicks look like? And is that, you know, you think Mitchell's best landing spot? Well, I think that um, his best landing spot could be the Knicks. 
But at the same time, if you're the Utah Jazz, you're going to want R.J. Barrett as part of that deal. You're going to want maybe some multiple first-round picks, future first-round picks. You're going to want, uh, you know, you're going to want pretty much, you're going to, you're going to have to gut the farm, possibly. And if Utah is willing to gut the farm, then so be it. Um, Utah realizes they're in rebuilding mode. Um, and they realize, hey, let's get down to the initial out of here and not in a, in a negative way, but just to be able to give them a fresh start and give themselves a fresh start and say, hey, let's rebuild. And I'm hoping that the Lakers will follow suit in that same type of mentality because they know, that's what team that knows their strengths and weaknesses. And I'm talking about the Utah Jazz. They realize, look, this Rudy Gobert, Jonathan Mitchell, Spider Mitchell didn't work. That, that element did not work, unfortunately. So let's scrap it. Let's scrap it. Let's move on, and let's make sure that we build for the future, and let's be a contender in the next several years. And I think that's what they're marching to do. But they've got to get something in return that's going to be some sort of value, um, in addition to those future first round picks. Yeah, Nick, I wanted to ask about. You know, I, I've heard that they won't need to include R.J. Barrett in the steal. I also. You know, we've seen that the Celtics got Malcolm Brogdon for virtually nothing. Why does it feel like every team is getting stars and superstars for nothing? And then when the Lakers want to give out a package, everyone's like, no, we want more. Why is that? Does everyone just hate the Lakers? No one likes Rob Palenka? What are your thoughts there? Because it seems like Kyrie is attainable. No, it's, no one hates the Lakers. Exactly. <laughs> No, stop, stop. You know, see, that's that's another Laker myopic uh, uh, <laughs> Everybody hates the Lakers because nobody wants to trade with us. Nobody wants to help us. Have you ever thought about you may not have tradable assets that people just want? How about nobody wants your tradable asset? And the, Nick, the Knicks have that? tradable assets, though? Well, how many future first-round picks do the Knicks have? No, more than the Lakers. That is a good point. <laughs> okay, and, it, and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not the number one team in the number one market? Oh, yeah. Who, the Knicks? Okay. Well, the, the Knicks are... No, you know, the Lakers the big, are the most popular No, but New York is... It's 1A and 1B. No, no, You're not listening. I said the number one market. Is that the number one team in the number one market? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I guess. In New York. Thank you so much. If you can divorce yourself from your fandom and understanding that the Lakers may not just have those tradable pieces. It's like the girl that thinks she's the finest thing on Instagram, but guess what? Nobody's <laughs> trying to beat her kids like that. Why? Because maybe you're not the finest girl on Instagram that you think you are. It, it happens. It's life. Yeah. No, I think they're 27 and 29 are no, good assets. But listen, um, Nick, you are the best. And I love when we get that fire. When Brandon brings up the Los Angeles Lakers, Nick, we will talk to you next week. I will see you this week at all the festivities. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Raj Morgazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.